You are listening to Everyday Estes, a podcast created to tell the stories of Estes Park. The theme this week is, I bet you didn't know this about, you got to stay tuned and find out what you didn't know about some of the people right here in Estes Park. Today's interview is with Anastasia Galloway-Reed, who, with her husband Kevin, just purchased McDonald Bookshop, and they've owned Inkwell & Brew for a number of years. And the reason this story is really timely is that they were just cutting the ribbon on the change of ownership with the bookshop when we found out that we needed to evacuate because of the fires. So, Anastasia, say hello and tell us a little bit about that day. Hi, everybody. It's uh, a pleasure to be chatting with you through the through the podcast world yeah it was so when we first started talking about buying the bookshop things got delayed because of the COVID-19 pandemic so I woke up that Thursday morning the day of the ribbon cutting and I'm driving into work and I'm looking at the sky and it was just eerie eerie color and everything was really quiet and I got down to the shop and then you called Donna uh-huh. and we're like we had this whole conversation back and forth of should we move forward with it, pros, cons, and we had all of this food. And I just, I remember saying to you, I just want this to be done. Like, I just want to do this celebration, do the ribbon cutting, celebrate Paula and all that she's done for women and entrepreneurs in the town, mm-hmm. and then move on because it's been this long process and it'll never jump the divide <laughs> <laughs> right and so then there there we were you know we had the mayor was down here we had you know close friends and loyal customers in the shop and you know we do the ribbon cutting and the mayor gave this wonderful um kind of honoring of paula and you know we as the staff gave paula kind of you know our own gift to her and then just as people were going to start dispersing and enjoying snacks and we knew people were going to roll throughout the day, we get the first voluntary evac notice like 44 minutes later. We cut the ribbon at 11 and it was 11.44 and it said, you know, such and such side of town. Yeah. And then it was a lot of, you know, one employee needed to leave and go and get a couple things. Another employee was trying to figure out what to do with their dogs. And then we had our kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I told a friend of ours, I said, you have to take my kid, just take my kids because I can't deal with all of these decisions on, do we shut down? Do we stay open? Are we going to, you know, if we're involuntary, is that going to be a week of voluntary? Right. You know, and then by 2.45, my neighborhood had gone to mandatory. So it was just one of those, like, we were so excited in the moment for the ribbon cutting and celebrating Paula and we got through kind of that part and then everything shifted. Yeah. And that's not what you think is going to happen when you buy a business. You don't all of a sudden start thinking, I have employees that I need to get safely out of town. Right, right. The responsibility <laughs> is huge to let everybody go take care of their own personal business. And what is it like uh, as a owner of two shops in town, uh, when a, there's a mandatory evacuation, are you thinking at all about your inventory or anything you pack up or do you just lock up and go take care of your personal items? Yeah, we, what's well, funny, so we, with Inkwell, we've had that, Inkwell and Brew, we've had that for a while and all of our inventory, that whole system is cloud-based. Mm-hmm. So we were like, well, we'll grab the cash. 
because if the cash burns, you can't replace it. But the inventory, like yeah. we have insurance. I had weeks ago double checked all of the insurance for the both businesses and the inventory. So I knew if the worst happened, the insurance could compensate for that lost inventory. But I figured. On that last note, we heard from State Farm that a lot of businesses in Estes haven't yet cashed in on their business interruption insurance. You may find that this is covered in your regular business liability policy. Other companies have gotten a pretty decent cash payout for the lost revenue during the evacuation. So if you're not sure, check with your liability insurance agent. Now back to Anastasia. So we started loading all of the stuff in the car from, you know, the, the opening, the quiches, the brownies, the tea breads, all of those snacks that we had, we loaded in the car. I drive home and I grab, you know, I'd already had our, those irreplaceable treasures, like my kids' handprint art, you know, right. the pictures, that kind of stuff. So I'm throwing that in the car. I grab the bags that we had packed of emergency clothes. And so the car just gets packed around all of those snacks. And so then we drive, you know, I end up at our friend's house that we evacuated to, and I start laughing because I hadn't even remembered that I had three quiches in the back of my car. <laughs> so I kind of walk in making a joke, like, we'll evacuate and bring snacks. <laughs> That's great. Well, I bet you were really popular, especially the chocolate chip cookies. That was oh, the part. I, yeah. 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 Was... Well, and we evacuated and it was, there was three families kind of all together. So there was... Mm-hmm. Uh, six kids mm-hmm. and so and the parent you know where er, er, the kids were living their best lives right and they knew where the chocolate chip cookies were so you know happy were, days it was happy days wow so those next few days being uh, evacuated were kind of strange yeah they we, were but it was just a you know waking up saturday morning and listening to the fire report and them saying that they were expecting it to hit town by sunrise mm just was a really somber experience. Right. Because I know on that side of town, closest to the fire, some of my employees live. Mm-hmm. And then how far would it come? Right. Which way would it go? Would it head towards where we live? The people we evacuated, we were all kind of, you know, just nervous. Yeah. And then just wondering. And then that other burden of when you're the employer of... 12 people who depend on you for their income like what happens mm-hmm. like we have insurance money that will replace books but who replaces the income of the employees who are out of work until the building is rebuilt right and then they had other conversations of just wondering how many of our friends would decide not to come back to Estes what would the community be like mm-hmm. if people just said I'm I'm out because yeah. what I love about Estes is the is our people the ones who come back over yeah. and over and over again i yeah. just heard about somebody who canceled a reservation because and i quote well because of the fires and things being damaged we're just going to vacation somewhere else it seems that people don't have a clear picture of the fact that we're back and you can't even see any signs of damage yeah i mean we what a miracle it mm-hmm. stayed in the park i even saw um a picture a video footage of some of the uh, where the fire went through Moraine Park, mm-hmm. but it hit that grassland, mm-hmm. which will grow back. Right. And it would be dead right now anyway because it's winter, or, right. well, whatever, fall for other parts of the country, winter for us up here. Yeah, right. Um, and so it's really, 
you know, what people think in their head and reality are not lined up. And nothing right. in town. Nobody lost a house. Right. I mean, you know, we're not the same as Grand Lake. Grand Lake took it a lot harder than right. we did. Right. And when you think relatively, uh, I was in our last interview, we talked to Chief Wolf, who helped to paint the picture of while our evacuation was somewhat um disturbing with the the ring of fire around the town and it took a long time it was very inconvenient to have to evacuate and come back we came back to our homes Mm -hmm. and in grand lake they were evacuating with 20 minutes notice and burning trees falling very different experience Mm -hmm. so now that we're back um we're open again most Mm -hmm. of your employees are back in place again although a few of them had to be shifted around (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had, um, well, it's interesting, the different demographics between who is drawn to being a barista at Inkwell and Brew and mm-hmm. who wants to um, be a book dragon selling books at McDonald Bookshop uh-huh. is very different. We have a more transient, younger population that uh, is over at Inkwell, and I had two of them who had been debating about whether or not they wanted to stay in Estes, and the fires were kind of their sign from the universe that it was time to move on wow so you know we're trying to navigate some of that and want to honor that i mean they're young and it's time for them to leave town and and, Mm -hmm. you know do something different but we have that hole to fill but how do we fill it are we going to have a really awesome thanksgiving week that is indicative of how our fall and summer were right or is it going to be slower like we're responsible for making sure that our employees that we do have get hours. And I take that as a great responsibility that I have on protecting my people that they get the hours that they need. Yeah. But I also don't want to work myself to the bone. Right. <laughs> and so it's a weird balance. And and then, you know, we had another person at um, two folks at the at the other shop that had issues with COVID. They didn't test positive, but, you know, out of fear of the town... Just saying, you know, we, we are high risk. I want to, you know, just take a step back and only work when it's quiet. And so kind of balancing, too, what our employees feel like they can handle. Right. Um, and then making sure that, and, and everybody lost a week worth of work. Mm-hmm. And so trying to get people shifts and, you know, kind of balance in this ebb and flow of, I also can't be in the red. Right. Because then we, nobody will have a job in six months. So it's, it's a lot to hold. Exactly. It's a, it's a lot to carry. I'm amazed at how all the business owners have been able to navigate both the pandemic and now the fire with how much inventory to order. Now we're open and thankfully your books are not perishable. I can't imagine ordering food and then realizing oh, we don't have visitors yet. So um, I'm glad that you were um, ready and willing to do immediate interviews so that we could let the Denver market now we're we're here we're open it's a really great time to come shopping right now it really is and if folks you know it's quiet so it also kind of feels like for those folks who maybe haven't ventured out yet because of um whatever their reason yeah maybe they want to be in Estes when there's not crowds this is a great time because there isn't crowds and Typically, before Thanksgiving, it's quieter. A lot of people save up those vacation days to come up during Thanksgiving. Well, if you're somebody who maybe is more flexible and wants to get out of town when it's a little less busy, now that you you have the typical that it's slow, but then you add that people are worried about the fire which isn't a problem anymore so come come see us we we need you exactly 
I'm going to pivot on that because we've been spending so much time talking about the experience of the fire. It's time to talk about the inspiration for you to purchase McDonald Bookshop. Because I've told you it's been one of my favorite stores for 25 years, but it's been here since... Uh, 1928. 1928. Wow. And they used to be together. The, the bookstore and the coffee shop used to be owned by the same company, and then they split, and you and Kevin brought them back together. Yeah. Tell the story a little bit. Yeah. So I just love the history. You know, Ed and Jessica started a general store that was next door to here, and then where the bookshop is used to be their house. Mm-hmm. And so then it passed on from Jessica to her daughter to then her daughter. So Paula and her daughter, Stacia, back in the 90s, were running McDonald Bookshop and decided a lot of bookstops, you need to diversify. You need to have the coffee and what they call the sidelines, the paper, mm-hmm. the cards, the journals, the gifts. Mm-hmm. But you have limited space. And so they were in a position where they could build a whole separate building. And in, yeah. in the 90s, it was called McDonald's Papetry, which yeah. is French for, for paper store, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then Stacia moved, um, as children do. Um, <laughs> yeah. But Paula stayed running the bookshop, and so it changed ownership a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so seven years ago, when um, in the right after the 2013 flood, uh-huh. <laughs> we got the opportunity to buy the shop because the previous owner... The universe told her it was time to move on. Yeah, because of the flood. <laughs> because of the flood. And um, we were delighted to have that chance to buy yeah. in what we now call Inkwell and Brew. Well, my husband is a huge book reader, yeah. I, as am I. So we've always known Paula. She's been our landlord. And so we've kind of always just told her, if you ever want to retire, we would love a chance to buy the bookshop. Nice. And then uh, she was ready. And then the pandemic hit. Uh, but and she's the, doubly ready. And then she's doubly ready. Uh, and so it's just this beautiful history of being able to reunite two businesses that are complementary to one another. Right. And two businesses that have been in town for so long. Right. But whereas with Inkwell, when we bought it, you know, it was no longer McDonald Papetry. It was not the same kind of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. With And we did a lot of... Uh, things differently it's still the same essential Mm -hmm. shop but with mcdonald's we're like we're not changing anything right we're like you know we're adding a couple different programs for kids to promote literacy Mm -hmm. um we're able we're going to be able to do more to promote literacy because now we have the space at the coffee shop right but how do you change an icon you don't you just don't mess with it yeah Yeah, i just hope that i can fill the shoes of paula well i know that for paula to turn this over to you required a lot of trust it helps that your name is similar to her daughter's name was yes. that part of the <laughs> sign from god <laughs> right it was signed from you know when it was i remember when we were trying to get inkwell kind of we uh, did a renovation of the inside and i remember paula came by one time and said oh my gosh you remind me of my stacia oh. because i had luca our oldest was little enough to be on a in a pack on my back and we're working our butts off trying to get this thing done just my husband and I and Paula just had this moment of like I just remember when it was Stacia and her kids and Mm -hmm. you know we've gone back and forth a lot about some of that uh, similarity and connection of right um and in those negotiations with Paula it was really the first three times we sat down with her it was more like um a conversation of family of this is what it's like to run the bookshop. Yeah. Are you sure you want to run the bookshop? We're yeah. not talking money. We're not talking finances. This is a personal conversation between 
friends, like yes. family. And it's that's been how it's been the whole time. Yeah, I get it. Well, and I totally understand your husband's love of books. That's just why my daughters and I are always in here. It's it's such a comfort to be in this place. And I think it's a comfort to the town to know you're not going to change a darn thing. <laughs> we just love it. It's it's exciting. Now, um, it I, I'm going to synapse a little bit to this little table that's right next to us. You have a little one and a second grader. Mm-hmm. And I saw... Um, your little Bodie sitting at this table the day we did the ribbon cutting. And this little table is the same one that Paula used to play at when she was a kid. Yep. It's pretty amazing that it's still sitting here. I know. And it looks like, you know, it doesn't look like it's that old. You know, it's yeah. in good shape. It's this cute, darling little table. Um, but kids love to sit at it. Yeah. I mean, Bodie, it, it, to Bodie and Luca, it's like they're t- it's theirs. Yeah, this is ours. This I don't is know ours. what you guys are doing. <laughs> we own this space. Yeah, and I love when families come in because I love little kids. So families will come in, and if they've got a little one, I'll try to encourage them to sit and get try to get them a book that they can, you know, look at or whatever. So yeah. that them, whoever they're with, the grown-up that they're with can browse can books browse. and kind of check things out. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we need to get your picture, right in front of the table. <laughs> <laughs> Try to sit underneath it. <laughs> oh, that's good. So uh, what does it look like? This is, uh, we're, we're back and we're trying to create normal mm-hmm. and we have about um, three weeks to Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So what's the focus for McDonald Bookshop and Inkwell and Brew for the next couple months? Yeah. So the next couple months, you know, one of the focuses at um, the bookshop is I want more families to know that we have a little reading program. So it doesn't matter where you get the book. If you buy it here, get it at the library, one that's a favorite at home. But I want to promote literacy and excitement around that. And yeah. so filling out book reviews and then coming and letting the kids pick out prizes. Yeah. Um, and so I'm really excited about doing that and encouraging, encouraging literacy. And then... Um, the other collaboration that we have is if you call and order a book that we don't have in stock, we call it a special order. Mm-hmm. So call us instead of ordering from Amazon. Yeah. Um, and then for the, you know, what a lot of locals say, the inconvenience of coming downtown, you can get a delayed gratification gift card for Inkwell for a free drink on your way back to the car just for picking it up. I hope you're enjoying Everyday Estes. Stay tuned here and most of all, subscribe to this podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen, so that you don't miss the stories you didn't know in Estes Park, sponsored by the Estes Valley Resiliency Collaborative, connecting this community to be the best place to live, work, and play.